0: Good morning, everyone. Thank you for having me. Uh, it is my great honor and pleasure to share my talk with you in this Dharma service. And To nim as you kind of, kind of invite me, I was also thinking that actually uh, through this pandemic, it is not just like harmful for all of us. Actually, we are reconnected with each other through this online uh, Dharma service, which is really grateful for all of us. So today I'd like to begin my talk with a story that happened in Berkeley, California five years ago. At the time I was walking on the street in the downtown Berkeley and I saw a taxi which has a very interesting license plate so I still vividly remember that moment. Usually it has some combination of numbers and letter but the taxi's license plate that I saw at the time was quite unique. It says karma will. When I saw that plate I automatically asked myself what kinds of will am I turning? Am I turning the wheel of karma Or am I turning the wheel of dharma? The wheel of dharma has three distinct components: thought, action, and impression. Each of our action, physical, mental, or verbal, creates a subtle impression or volition in the mind, and the subtle volition in the mind propels the thought the thought propels the action, the action again reinforces the impression. Once in motion, this will revolves again, again, and again at an ever-increasing velocity. Unfortunately, our actions are propelled primarily by our ignorance and desires so we form our own habitual patterns of our mind, which we do not usually recognize. And then it gained momentum. And then the habitual pattern itself became ourselves, governing our lives. Master Sutesan says, we are all the masters of our lives. But often we find ourselves that our habits become ourselves. If I could have stopped the taxi, I would have told the taxi driver and said, Why don't you change your license plate from karma wheel to dharma wheel? Turning the wheel of dharma is a term used generally to describe the Buddha's teaching specifically. It refers to the Buddha's first sermon delivered at the Deer Park. Symbolically, it has sharp edges to cut through ignorance. So it represents the eightfold path Buddhists follow to achieve nirvana or enlightenment. So today, I would like to say, let's stop turning the wheel of karma, but begin turning the will of dharma. Then how can we turn the will of dharma instead of will of karma? I think the most important thing is accepting everything that comes our way as it is. But we all know that facing the reality of our lives is not easy. Let us think about for a moment, how many times we have resisted our own circumstances or how many times we have resisted to accept how I look, who I am, or what I have. We are willing to embrace happiness, but we often find ourselves to resist hardships sufferings, and difficulties. So we often find that we tend to embrace only half of our lives. Let me tell you a story. There was a disciple whose Dharma name was Tonga, which means the one who achieved correct enlightenment. However, her original Dharma name was not Tonga. When she met Master Cho for the first time, she said to him that, I have three kinds of great sorrow. Han, Han in Korean, denotes a feeling of dejection, sadness, and sorrow in the face of overwhelming difficulties. So she said, I have three kinds of great sorrow in my life. My first sorrow, my Han, is not having good parents. Second one is not having a good husband. The third one is not having a son, but a daughter. After listening to our story, Master san said, Oh, is that so? Then I need to give you a Dharma name. Samhan, which means the one who has three kinds of great sorrows. She was very disappointed by her dharma name, but what could she do? She received it and began to study, practice at the Yongsan retreat center in Korea at that time. One day when she was working in a field and all of a sudden she realized something. So she ran into Master Sotaesan saying, oh master, I have blamed my parents and my husband because I thought that they are the ones who made me suffer greatly. But now I have realized that all of my my great sorrows are actually nothing but my own karmic creation. Upon hearing this, Master Sotaesan said, Now you truly understand my teaching. From now on, you are no longer the one who has three great sorrows, but you are the one who is enlightened to the correct Dharma. So let me give you a new Dharma name, Tonga, which means correct enlightenment. Let us think about this for a moment. Who decides? that I'm unhappy, I am deficient, and I'm poor. In the case of jung she had three great sorrows. Not having good parents, not having a good husband, not having a son, but a daughter. But are these things really unfortunate things? If I see them in a different perspective, thanks to our parents, she received her healthy body and mind, with such a healthy body. She was able to practice Buddhism and was able to be enlightened to the reality of the world and of herself. Thanks to her husband, she had a daughter who later on became one of the great lay followers of Master Suttesan, and many of her children became gionnims later on. Then. Can you say that what she used to consider as great sorrows was really unfortunate things? Not really, it was she who considered them as her sorrows. In order to understand this mechanism of our mind, let me tell you another story. You may know about the bad of procrustes, In the Greek myth. It is said that he built a house in Attica, Greece and there he had a bed. He invited every passerby to spend the night in his bed. He said, I am the most compassionate person in the city of Attica because anybody can spend the night in my bed and I would also offer dinner. But there was a dark secret condition. If the guests are too tall, he cut off their limbs to fit into the size of the bed. If the guests are too short, he stretches them to fit to the bed. Nobody ever fitted the bed exactly. Later, he was killed by Theseus in the exactly same way that he did to others. When I first read the story, I found myself in tears and tears because I realized that I had a, such an uncompassionate compassionate bad in my mind. If certain situations do not fit into my own criteria, I also mercilessly killed it in the same way that Procrustes did to his guest by complaining about my situation. If my friends do not fit into my own expectation, I also hated them in the same way that Procrustes cut off his guest's limbs. Then I talk to others. I am a, a very compassionate person. I realize no one really can survive in such a mindset. I realize after, as, far as, as far as I hold such a bad in my mind, I also apply the bad to my own self. Once I realized the bading in the mind, I started to work on my mindset, rather to fix others. All of a sudden, the things that I'm seeing begin to change. Everything appears to me beautiful as it is. Nothing has changed, but everything looks so differently. I've realized one truthful principle. That is, my karma will is turning when I apply the bad of procrustes to others by being trapped in my own self-centered thoughts. When I'm turning my karma will, I produce more suffering, pains, complaints, not being satisfied with what I have. In such a state, most importantly, I never get what I really want and desire. Though I desire happiness and peace, I produce more suffering, resentment, and ingratitude. Let me share my own uh, one experience with you. One day I accidentally got to heard that one of my close colleagues criticized me behind my back. When I first heard about it, I got angry. I was suffering as much as I had. I got angry and upset. And I also blamed that person. I talked to myself, how could you talk about me so badly behind my back? It was so, so painful. So I had to sit in silence, reflecting on myself. In the silent sitting, I realized one clear truth. That is, in my mind, I have treated the person as the same way the person talked about me. I never highly think of her. It was a great discovery. If there is a difference between the person and me, it's that I did not talk about it, but she expressed it. So actually, she was much more honest than I I was. I realized one thing through this experience. All people that I'm meeting and encountering in this life are my true dharma teacher and master who helped me to reflect on myself. When I'm filled with loving kindness, people will come to me with loving kindness. When I'm holding onto hatred, people will come to me with hatred. Whenever I encounter someone who disturbed my mind, I first talk to myself. Take them as your true Dharma teacher with a deep sense of gratitude, because without them, I would not be able to discover the root cause of my anger, hatred, and ignorance deeply placed in my heart. If I cannot discover them, there's no way for me to practice and to become a Buddha. Through this experience, I have established the following principles. My dharma wheel is turning when I begin to investigate my mind rather than blaming others and complaining about my own situation. My dharma will is turning when I accept things as they really are, whether that is suffering, difficulties, or challenges. Even someone hates me, I will willingly take it because I respect their own freedom to either give me love or hatred. My dharma will is turning when I reflect on myself more deeply. And discover some root cause of hatred, delusion, and anger that produce my subtle volition, thoughts, and action. My Dharma will is turning when I'm fully grateful with what I have right now in this moment. So I'd like to conclude my talk by saying that let us stop turning the wheel of karma but begin turning the wool of dharma. Thank you.
1: First of all, I was very thankful for the story. Mm -hmm. It gave me a lot of realization to think about Mm for my own mind. Um, So thank you for that. Um, And so I was just a little confused about the story. Um, So maybe you could clarify something Mm -hmm. about the woman with, uh, at first when she received the, you know, dharma name she wasn't so pleased with and Mm -hmm. when she had the realization on the field and she realized that she was the main cause of her suffering because of how she felt about her parents and her husband but um i felt like the the main fault she had was not accepting that she had a daughter instead of a son and she did not have a realization for that
0: (laughs) Okay, I think oh okay, I actually I didn't explain the like historical background of, of it. So during the colonial period before uh the before Korea, so we had the dynasty, which Confucianism was main state ideology. And under the Confucian state ideology, actually they prefer having a son instead of a daughter, because the son is the one who actually worship later the ancestor worship for their ancestor. So in that society, actually having a daughter was ungrateful things. So, but now it has changed the situation, but at the time and this, so I actually missed uh, that uh, historical explanation behind the story, I'm sorry, but I hope you will now uh, clarify that.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thank you for explaining it. Mm-hmm. I may say a word. Um, Thank you for the Dharma talk of today. It was really enlightening. Uh, When I start meditation today, I had a heavy heart and Mm -hmm. listening to your your talk really touched me inside and I, I feel lighter now and for sure I will have a something to think about during the day and uh, also during the week because uh, your talk is really something that we need to be reminded of all the time even if we practice uh, it's never enough to listen what you just shared with us and thank you thank you very much i really appreciate it have a great sunday
0: This is Beth. I just wanted to thank you, Reverend, for your talk. I totally missed that cultural context thing, because I actually really
1: was feeling the essence of what you were saying. Like, I missed that little detail. But I mean, I, we
0: we meet a lot of people and we are in that we are that woman that you described in some cases, where we can get lost in our uh, suffering. And if this is this talk is just a reminder uh, to, you know, to have gratitude and to kind of reflect Uh, you know, upon ourselves about what is important. So thank you very much for your talk.
1: Thank you for reminding me of all there is to be reminded of. And our job now is to remind ourselves
0: and others about all these things. This is the importance. Mm -hmm. Never forget not to forget. Thank you.